Good evening, y'all. We got some exciting news for the happenings going around here at John at Cross Politic and John Branion. You know, doesn't know anything. Th- about doesn't. It. Nope. He he's coming right in. It's, he's never he's, he's never heard this before. I am as in the dark as everybody else. <laughs> uh, so Cross Politic, the Water Break, and the Fight Laugh Feast Networks got some changes. First, starting May 30th, Cross Politic will be moving to a daily show airing every day at 6 p.m. And of course, dropping those shows in our daily podcast rotation every day, 6 p.m. You can tune in. So get ready to tune in to that number one, you know, nightly news and commentary source, Cross Politic. Pretty excited about that. Water Break will be moving to our Sunday special slot at 7 p.m. That's where Water Break. So that'll be the week of May 30th. Secondly, to make room for all this new production that we have going on, the Daily News Brief will be going back to audio, which is where most of you guys were listening to it anyways. Thirdly, we have a bunch of new club member benefits we are working on, including an updated web uh, website, club portal, and club-only social media platform. That's right, club-only social media platform. So listeners who have been lingering in the background, join the club. The party is just getting started, literally. And for our thousands of club members, we can't thank you enough for staying with us, your continued support, and your prayers. Uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us and going daily. I don't know how I'm going to manage all, all the work that we just created, um, but we're going to do it. We're going daily, John. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. A- okay. a- amen. Thank you, John. This mm-hmm. episode is brought to you by Classical Conversations. Classical Conversations supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview and fellowship with other families. We provide classical, they, that's what classical conversations, Christ-centered curriculum, local like-minded communities across the United States. I love the communities that they're building. And in several countries, uh, and they also train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit their website at classicalconversations.com. That's classical Christian, get connected, get community. And, And the link actually... If you really want to, you know, help them track this, you know, classicalconversations.com forward slash cross, uh, cross dash politic. That's right. It, it, you know, exclamation point, no exclamation point, but cross Amber, dash Amber politic. Asterisk, comma. <laughs> I don't know. We need to make that link better. We'll work on it. We'll work on no, it. But in the meantime, you perfect the way it is. It is. Okay. It's easy to remember. It's uh, a <laughs> type. All right, John, cannonball or belly flop? Mm-hmm. It should be no surprise that Democrats are going crazy, literally crazy, at the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade. The arguments that the Democrats have been making these past two weeks are insane and flat-out ridiculous. I don't even know how moving forward that we can have reasonable dialogue with Democrats anymore. I, it's just This is just how illogical they become. You have liberals like Joy Reid, a, a black woman, by the way, arguing for the dignity of black women to have the right to an abortion while at the same time arguing for the right to kill a black girl in her mother's womb? It's amazing. In one sentence, she argues for the human dignity of black women and at the same time, the right to murder a black baby girl. The cognitive disassociation that it takes to craft that one sentence points to an America that is deeply broken and teetering on the brink of institutional national insanity. Romans 1 is is happening right before our eyes. Her show also argued that it was five white nationalist Christians on the Supreme Court who were taking their freedom to abort black babies away. It's like the leftists are like, this is a Dred Scott all over again situation. 
don't even understand that comparison. You know, ending abortion is the same as saying a slave does not have citizenship. Yeah. Just this past week, the official Democrat Twitter account tweeted this out. Nearly every single Republican senator has signed on to a bill that would jail doctors for performing abortions. What? Uh, well, what did the Democrats just do then? By the way, Joe, Joe Manchin joined the Republicans with his vote, but the tweet did not mention that. All the Democrats voted against a bill that would have ended abortion, which has killed over 60 million babies. A Dem- a Democrats voted for the bill to, to pass. They voted for a bill. It, this blows my mind. That, that would codify Roe v. Wade. Uh, how do we reason with people who are voting for that kind of thing? The moral reasoning of the Democratic Party is atrocious. Republicans can be just as bad, for sure, but at least they still have the moral awareness to want to end Roe. I mean, that's something, right? I mentioned Romans 1 earlier. With the way Democrats are arguing, with that in mind, go and read Romans 1, you know, 18 through 32. And notice all the times it says, God gave them up. God gave them up. The last time it says God gave them up is in Romans 1, verse 28. And it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. The Greek word for debased here is odokamon. I said that with a little accent, a little accent there, but you know, odokamon, which means worthless or no value. This is the same Greek word used in Hebrews 6, 8 that in, in that verse says, but if it bears thorns and briars, it is worthless. Worthless, the Greek word worthless and near to being cursed whose end is to be burned. That's what a debased, that's what Romans 1 is saying. That your mind is so de- worthless. It, 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 it's like chaff that just needs to be burned. It just needs to disappear. The Democrats have a huge voting base in our country, which means a lot of people sign off to Roe v. Wade. This is the condition of our minds in this country. The Democrats talk about being progressive, but their progressivism is worthless. It is of no value. Democrats' idea of progress leads to murdering the unborn, tragic gender confusion, economic socialism. That's what they believe progress leads to. True progress in a society is a society that matures in virtue. It grows in moral maturity. It sanctifies. It dies to sin. Our minds are restored to sanity. That is what true progress looks like. I am very grateful for this moment that God has given us with this Roe v. Wade moment. And we need to be praying that in his kindness, which we do not deserve, God will make sanity great again. That's where we're at. We need we need sanity in our nation that is a nation that's going insane what do you think john have i ever told you why i like zombie movies no you never have uh the reason that i like zombie movies is because i think they are a a very succinct and graphic depiction of the society that we find ourselves in Mm -hmm. where you have you have this horde of uh mindless creatures that are they're, they're not human anymore okay they are their sole purpose is just to go and 
eat the flesh of living people. That's it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not, they're not motivated by reason. They're not motivated by rationality, but what the reason I like the movies is because what you never see is the remnant of humanity getting together, you know, hold up in a, in, around a, a candle in some you know, apartment somewhere while the hordes of zombies are down on the street. You never see that remnant of humanity going, you know what we need to do? <clears throat> we need to come up with some sort of an outreach program to, to reason with these zombies and get them to show, you know, show them a, a more excellent way of being. We yeah. need to, we need to convert them to our way of thinking. We need to lead them into the light. Yeah. All you do is, with a zombie is you just, you just puncture its brain and eliminate it. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that there has been a, uh, there's a reluctance on the, the part of the remnant of humanity. Uh, the, the, the church, the body of Christ is still, we're still trying to evangelize zombies in many ways. Mm-hmm. We are, we are pulling our punches. We are, we are not doing the only thing that has ever been effective in dealing with zombies. And that's just to eliminate them. We, <laughs> we don't now I'm not ta- I'm not calling for physical violence yeah. against Democrats, but, but we're, we're dealing with, with evil, uh-huh. you know, and yep. the idea that, that, that there's some sort of a common ground that we can find mm-hmm. in order to, to, to right. win them over to our side. I just don't think it's helpful. And you're, you're kind of using the term evangelism in the sense of where you're trying to find common ground with the Democrats. That's, that's right. the kind of evangelism that people are generally conservatives try to do with, with Democrats is right. find common ground. That's what you're talking about. Right. And to your point, they're not reasonable people. They're, they're not, they're not reasonable beings to mm-hmm. where you can, you can approach them and say, Hey, calm down for a minute. Stop, stop killing babies. And mm-hmm. let's reason about it. Their, their, right. their minds are gone. Right. They, you can't, you can't reason with a zombie. Right. Um, so how would you propose, what does true evangelism look like? Your zombie metaphor is very helpful. Um, and, and the other reason why it's very helpful is because, um, not only were we zombies, but we were dead before Christ um, uh, made us alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that connection between kind of this dead walking being um, is, is been used for, um, for how Paul describes the gospel and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. So how would you propose we evangelize the Democrats who I like, I, I'm serious. I, I just don't know how to really have a conversation with a Democrat anymore when they're that insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't have a solution. Um, <laughs> You're a comedian. You criticize. Well, that's, that's yeah, that's my job. My job's not to solution to find a solution. My job is just yeah. to make fun of the situation. Yeah. But yeah, if it, 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 the, how do you evangelize a zombie? How, how do you, we talk a lot about, God is God is the one who brings the harvest. You know, yeah. all we can do is plant seeds, right. and it's it's a little uh, it's a little unreasonable. What we're doing now, I've got an apple tree that died last year. A little oh. apple tree I was trying to grow. Jonathan apples are the greatest apples in the world, okay. and you just can't find them anywhere. Yep. And so I've got this little apple tree, and it's dead. I mean, it's dead as a doornail. Okay. Um, it's I'm not expecting to get apples from it. Yeah, and because. And, but I, if I was a traditional evangelical, mm-hmm. um, I would come along and say, well, you know what? God can still work a miracle. God yeah. can still bring that tree back to life. Right. And of course that's true, uh-huh. but, but practically speaking, it's not wise for me to go to plan on 
harvesting apples from right. that dead tree. Right. I've got to, I've got to move on and I've got to find another source of apples and leave that one. If God is going to revive it, yeah. great, but I can't, it doesn't make sense for me to target yeah. my entire ministry mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to that apple tree coming back to life right. because that may not be God's will. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things here. First, first of all, Applewood is great for smoking meat. Um, good, good for tri-tip, um, good for brisket. So you, you cut that. There's you cut not that. very much of it. It's a pretty small tree. I, um, but you, you only need okay. a little bit, a little bit for a little bit of chunk of wood for for that smoke. So okay, just just All saying. Right. Um, I think secondly, the church has looked at evangelism. I think wrong for a long time, uh, where it's you know I have no problem with one on one discipleship, one on one evangelism, you know that kind of thing. But the biggest evangelism uh, is actually the church being the church. That's that's where the biggest impact of evangelism will come from, is just Christians being faithful in their community, and in that faithfulness to God and that faithfulness to worship on Sunday and that faithfulness in their businesses and so forth, that is going to have a far better evangelical impact, um, gospel impact than you know one on one evangelism. The culture, the church culture, is an argument for the gospel. So culture itself, the church culture itself is is a um, is an argument that the world sees, and as we build faithful Christian community uh, in local Christian communities, you're what you're building is actually an argument for the gospel, because all these Christians are coming together, who have no business getting along with each other, right? Uh, and they're worshiping God on Sunday. They're being faithful and discipling their kids, you know, and and that is creating an argument that the world desperately, um, a lot of the world desperately wants to see that. They want to see uh, what faithfulness looks like, and and that's attractive. It's like um, a good example of this is when uh, King Solomon um, had uh, uh, the Queen of Sheba. Um, is it Sheba? Why am I why am I drawing? A blank there, John. The Queen of Sheba, right? Mm-hmm. Is that is that the name I'm looking for? Sheba. Well, I'll just, uh, I don't know. I'm having a little brain, brain burp there. Um, and when she came to Solomon's kingdom to look at the kingdom, uh, to experience Solomon's kingdom, she noticed how Solomon's servants were hard workers and joyful. She noticed um, how just the culture inside his 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 um, staff was uh, amazing, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And she walked away, and she pointed out all these kind of um, cultural relationships within the kingdom, and and she was she said, "I've never seen so much wisdom in my life," kind of thing. So the argument, uh, the one of the powerful arguments for the queen was, what did it look like? What did faithfulness look like? That had a huge impact on her, and I think that's that's how the the world needs to see faithful church communities, and that's that's a powerful way of uh, bringing the gospel to the world is through actually building local Christian communities and the outside world looking in and being like, "What is going on there?" That I want to yeah. taste and see that. That's pretty counterculture, you know. 
Yeah, well, because we think we think evangelism, the we think the most uh, powerful means of evangelism is going out and doing one-on-one discipleship, or right, um, you know, go to work, go to school, go out into your neighborhood, mm-hmm. knock on doors, make friends with people, and bring them one-on-one to Jesus, or or like Greg Lowry, the Harvest stuff. You've seen the great uh-huh. Greg Lowry, Lowry Harvest stuff, where right. a lot of that, those conversions are staged, a lot of. They, they have staff that start to come forward so more people feel comfortable coming forward. It's it's very manipulative environment. And and then in addition to that, they have no means of following up for discipleship. Zero. Right. And so they, they brag and say, oh, man, we had 3,000 conversions today. Well, you know, how many of the staff walked down there first to get other people to feel more comfortable walk down? You know, right. uh, what was the, the manipulative, you know, music um, trying to get your heart and your emotions all conjured up? Uh, that's very, that's not evangelism. That's not the gospel. They're, they're, they're trying to manipulate you into committing to a pyramid scheme is what they're doing. Um, and so, but that looks sexy, right? You got the music, got the lights, you got the big football arenas, you know, uh, as opposed to actually raising your kids for 18 years as opposed to, you know, changing diapers as opposed to yeah. uh, just being a faithful dad in a community. That's hard. That's hard work that, you know, no one's watching you, um, you know, but that, that kind of community that is faithful in little things, um, the outside world looking in is seeing a, a tremendous argument of what the gospel looks like in a community that should have no business staying together because they're all sinners. Right. And they're going to, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great point. You can, you can channel a bunch of zombies into an arena and get some of them to go down front and, <laughs> and recite the sinner's prayer, I suppose. Well, maybe not zombies, but you can make some other sort of, some sort of indicator that they've made a decision for Christ. I had a conversation with a guy who said that, that he wants to start a, or he's starting a Bible study on a, mm-hmm. on Sunday. Sunday morning to have, okay. because he's got some people at his gym who in his words would never darken the door of a church. Mm. And, you know, so that's, so he's got to go to them. Mm. And, you know, we, my conversation, we're still having it is well, but, but being a part of the church, darkening the door of a church is not something that we get to decide to do. I mean, it's God's plan that you become part of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. which means that you're going to, you have to put yourself in fellowship with fellow believers, not, not for believers to fragment off from their fellowship yep. and start these other little organizations because yep. you've got a, you've got a pagan person who, who won't darken the door of a church. Well, that's a problem. If you're, yep. if you will not, if you will, will not submit yourself to the other members of the body, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that needs to be that the spirit needs to work on you for. Right. You don't you don't get your own church when you decide to become, you know, a follower. Right. You've got to go with the other church. And and with that, we're going to segue really well into news that John Branion oh, can trust. This is my favorite segment. You guys know the media is not very reliable. Um, CNN, not reliable. MSNBC, you know what? yeah, yeah. You know what, Gabe? Cross uh-huh. politic is going to be daily mm. pretty soon at the end of May. That'll be the only reliable news source out there. I know. It's going to change everything. <laughs> it's going to change everything. Um, so news that John Brandon can trust is here for you. Okay. We're, we're wanting you to regain confidence in, in media and in news and, in, and, and, you know, really 
kind of reestablish true journalism. Even though we don't write anything here, we just borrow. <laughs> <laughs> so news no, that this isn't true journalism. We want <laughs> yeah. So news that John Brandon can trust, and this is like every week. You know, I, we this is real news. This is not. We aren't making this up. So, so all joking aside, this is real news. But it's mm-hmm. hilarious. News that John Brandon can trust. People are now identifying as cake gender to show how they're light, fluffy, and they have layers. This is actually a thing. Yeah, I haven't heard this. Oh, there's cake. There's cake TikTok genders. videos. Are there cake genders. Uh-huh. Are there different? Yep. Like carrot cake and white cake and sponge cake and. I think the point is, is they're trying to get at the complexity of who they are. You know that they're, um, you know, one day they could be a girl, one day they could be a boy, next day they could be they. Um, and so it's like a cake, and and they're just layered. Their identities like a bunch of layers. Okay, but they don't actually identify as like a bunt cake, do they? I mean, is it actually, is, are, we, are we actually adding cake to the list of potential yeah, it's, genders? They call themselves, I'm, I'm a cake gender. <laughs> <laughs> you should, I'll, I'll text you the video after the show so you can see it. <laughs> right, right. I'm a sponge cake. That's a tough one, man. So oh, it's excellent. It's, I'm, it's I'm trying excellent. to think of all the different layers of who of who John Brandon is. Hmm, I'm trying to. I'm picture. I haven't seen any of these videos, but I'm picturing them explaining them. You know, on TikTok, I'm uh-huh. picturing them to them going and explaining it to people. Yep. You know, like me and and my friends, and it's like this is this is actually really good news because okay. it, it, as if they're gonna go. Can you get any dumber? I mean, maybe you can, but this seems like just maximum dumbness. That's that's and one of the layers, John. Is dumbness. Is dumbness. <laughs> You've got a layer of, of spongy goodness and then a thin layer of dumbness. Like chocolate dumbness yeah. and then another. Yeah. So it's it's two dumb things glued together. We should come um, up with our own cake gender. You know. Cross politic. Yeah. Like FLF cake. <laughs> yes, there you go. And put all the put all the layers. Put a nice graphic to it. Yeah. You know, we're complex. John John's got, complex. I mean, you're a comedian. Oh, I'm hugely you're, complex. You're short. Um, that I'm what? You're short. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of your layers, man. Well, I I I don't know that there is any cake that could actually define me. I am. <laughs> you're you're too complex for even the cake. I don't know that there's any confection of any kind. I don't know that there's a single dessert that could adequately define all of the nuances. You're like makeup. You're like a bag of marbles. It's just all disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> News that John Brandon can trust. The NBA will play in the United Emirates, where gay people receive the death penalty. But you remember in 2017, the NBA moved its all-star game out of North Carolina over the trans bathroom laws. Mm-hmm. But they're going to go play in the United Emirates mm-hmm. um, where they literally gay people get the death penalty. Where they throw gay people off the roof. Yeah. Right. Well, that is that is so typical of... of 
leftist ideology, a pagan ideology, where it's like yeah. things are so bad in the United States, things are awful in the United States. It is absolutely unlivable here in the United States of America. And yep. the only place in the world where you can say it is awful here and unlivable is the United States of America. I mean, you can't you can't say that in any other country. No. And so the the uh, yeah, I, I think that I, I don't follow sports, and so I don't know. But I think that there's been a, a vast pulling away from sports. I think sports has kind of lost a lot of its luster over the past decade or so because of stuff like this. I think I think even the average sports fan is like, yeah, this is this is pretty dumb. Yeah. Well, I and it, the reason why they're doing it is for all the money that's going into it that they're getting. That's why they're going. They're going for the money. You better believe that the Emirates is paying the NBA a lot of money to have their teams come over there and play. Really? Oh yeah, I I guarantee it's the same thing with China. This is this is why you know LeBron James wouldn't wouldn't uh, had no comment about China because all the money they pay for the players to come over and play in China, all the merch that they sell, and all the merch that they um, make for the NBA. Hmm. So why don't they? It's a huge financial transaction. Why don't they have? basketball players over there why don't why don't they have their own league over there why does it have to be american um, sports well uh I'm, I'm sure the emirates does have their own league there's a lot of um uh emirates uh, lebanon um a lot of these small countries there's actually an international basketball league that pretty much all those countries have some sort of uh uh, uh professional basketball league right. um so obviously they they aren't up to nba level um, and so the NBA's got n- massive name recognition. Plus, on top of that, the athletes are just incredible. And so um, that's why they're paying for the NBA to come over and play a game or two or three or whatever that they're well, it's doing. Because because American sports are superior, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they and so the, over there in whatever country, China or United Emirates, they're like, yeah, we've got sports, but it's just a lame copy of <laughs> what they've got in the United States, and that's really yep. what we want. That's right. And so same thing with movies it's mm-hmm. like we make our own movies over here but they're lame and yep. so everything in america is better everything in america is better and they take all that stuff over there and then we mm-hmm. aren't smart enough to say well then you guys we're not going to give you our stuff as long as you're going to continue to be horrible to your people yeah you know we're not gonna, we're not going to let you continue to be horrible to your people mm-hmm. and still get our stuff if yeah. you want our stuff mm-hmm. then you have to start treating your people the way we treat our yeah. people i i don't actually i don't have a problem with the NBA going over to the United Emirates or even to China, if mm-hmm. if they had their head straight and weren't hypocrites. If they went over to right. China and right. called out China for all their human atrocities and they went over there, that's actually a way to um, you know, kind of to, to the beginning of our, our other talk, that's that can be a powerful mechanism of evangelism. You come mm-hmm. in, you're cheerful, you're condemning all the human rights atrocities from the leadership. While you're fellowshipping with the people and entertaining the people, that's powerful. But yeah. they don't do that. They pull out of North Carolina transgender bathroom policies and over over transgender bathroom policy. At the same time, going to a country, there's just the hypocrisy is what's so gross and all that. Right, because and to back to your point, because they're not they're not rational people. They're not reasonable people. Like they're, they're driven solely by profit. But but even that they've just their mind they're zombies they're they're wandering around doing whatever it is that they eating whatever human flesh they've been programmed to eat and they're not thinking about it yeah 
All right, last one here. News that John Brannion can trust Cambridge. What has happened to you? You know, University of Cambridge says classical music is imperialist now. So, um, yeah, imperialist arrangements and kind of in the Western canon. That's what classical music is. Uh, and a course at University of Cambridge in the United Kingdom is urging students to look at classical music through a post-colonial lens. Listen to this. This is according to the Telegraph. Cambridge recently rolled out a new course titled Decolonizing the Ear. <laughs> Decolonizing the Ear. Classical music, you know, because it's all, all white people and largely male, cisgender, you know, heterosexuals that, right. um, you know. Sure. Yeah, you don't you, you just, <laughs> Well, I just I don't I don't understand why uh well, I mean I I understand that they would do that, but specifically I would, I would like to take that course. I would like to take whatever <laughs> course they are offering and looking at it through through non-colonial Maybe one of our uh, listeners will pay for you to go to Cambridge to take this course. Well, maybe I can audit it. Yeah. What would it cost to audit it? I don't know. Um, do you have to you have to qualify it? I mean, do you have to have like a BA to audit classes at Cambridge or know. something? Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's but it, it's entirely possible that I am looking at classical music through colonized lenses. I mean, I, I would that that's probably what's going on and I would I would just be curious to know how to stop that. What yeah. I mean, what sort of what sort of changes do I have to make in my listening habits in order to properly hear classical music the way it's supposed to be heard with no lyrics or anything you know right, and there's no lyrics yeah it's just chord progressions and instrumentation <laughs> that is uh supportive of colonization that's a tricky one well everybody and, thank and you for American tuning in to water break um uh, we're gonna be in arizona next week uh, i may or may not have a water break recorded for that but we're gonna be in arizona live for our live show go to fightlabfeast.com to sign up for that uh, click on shop and you'll be able to sign up from there. Um, really looking forward to seeing everybody there. That's going to be with Delano Squires and Jeff Durbin on our last stop on our Fight, Laugh, Feast Liberty Tour. So thank you for turning in. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is the water break. Home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris and Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy.